Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the St. Paul Filmcast. I'm Nick. Today we have special guests Jennifer and Kevin Sluter. They are the founders of the Sunshine Boy film production. They have three movies out. One is called Play Violet for Me, a neo-noir short film. Feeding Time. Um, and another new one that just recently came out called Heartless, a horror film, which inspired by and kind of a new modern take on the Telltale Heart. These movies have accumulated quite a bit of awards and been circulating the film festival circuit for quite some time. It was nice to sit down with Jennifer and Kevin Sluder to talk about the process of writing and directing and pretty much producing a short film. And if you listen to the interview, you understand the passion, the drive, and really the care of films in a sense when you interview Jennifer and Kevin. It was a wonderful time talking to them. I learned a great deal about their process of creating and making films, and hopefully they'll be able to continue to do more and be able to come back. So up next is my interview with Jennifer and Kevin Sluter from the Sunshine Boy Productions. Their latest film, Heartless, is in film festivals now, and you can follow and you can watch Play Violet for me on Twitter if you look for the Twitter handle and film the movie there. They worked in a lot of collaborations with writer-director Matt Mercer, and Kevin talks a great deal about him as well. Without further ado, we'll give you the interview of Jennifer and Kevin after these messages. Hi, it's Nick again. A reminder that I'm coming out with my first comic book next month in October. It's called The Green Way. We do have an Indiegogo page for it, simply Indiegogo, category comics. The title of the book is called The Green Way. It's a noir murder mystery that takes place in 1968 in St. Paul. If it's something that interests you, please check it out and view all the perks and deals I have for the comic book. Also a reminder, next month I'll be hosting a panel discussion at the Minnesota Crypticon, October 27th. The panel discussion title will be The Benefits of Independent Films and Podcasting. Hopefully we'll see you there. If you have any further questions, please contact Crypticon for more information. With that correlation, we have a contest involved with Crypticon. Here at the podcast, we have a contest to win two free tickets to Krypton, Minnesota. Simply using your Twitter handle, name your favorite horror movie, and use the hashtag Crypticon Filmcast Contest, and you might win two free tickets, two regular free tickets to the weekend of Crypticon. Thank you. It all starts with Frankenstein. Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein, which uses the Promethean myth, which her husband Percy Bysshe Shelley wrote about. And they were both friends with Lord Byron, who kept a bear at Cambridge. It was the key shaper of the Romantic movement, which Oscar Wilde would be at the tail end of when he wrote Dorian Gray. He was influenced by a Yellow Book, which inspired the publication of a magazine called The Yellow Book, which specialised in lustful and violent tales, in which John Buchan was published, according to Benjamin, who wrote about Wilde's arrest. And Buchan wrote The 39 Steps, which later became a Hitchcock film, before he made Psycho, which was based on a Dean who made corpses into ornaments, unlike Victor Frankenstein, who made a man by grave digging and stitching corpses together. You done? Not even slightly. The Frankenpod, it's a podcast stitched together from the corpses of mystery, noir, gothic literature and cinema. Subscribe to us on your podcast app. Okay, we are back with Jennifer and Kevin Sluter from Sunshine Boy Productions. They have a new movie out now called Heartless. That's been going on film festivals right now as I speak, right? Oh, yes, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, well, thanks for having us. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having us on, man. Oh, you're welcome. We're welcome. You know, um, prior to um, when I have guests on, 
we have we have a little thing on this podcast that the guest likes to dedicate it to any kind of person, place, or thing. Would you like to dedicate this episode to anything you like? Uh, you know what? I I will. Um, because he's involved heavily involved with both of these films. I'm going to dedicate this to Matt Mercer, <laughs> the director of Play Pilot for me, uh, a film you watched, and also the editor and one of the stars of Heartless. So I've been working with him for a long time, and he introduced me pretty much to independent film. So it is dedicated to Matt Mercer. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. How'd you guys meet, may I ask? <laughs> how, how did I meet Matt? Yeah. I was day drinking. <laughs> no, seriously, I, I was actually getting a, um, a stereo to put in my car, and uh, they were taking longer than I thought they were. Okay. And uh, it, was, it was in like a, a Best Buy back when they did that. Um, and uh, I, I was just getting hungry and went into this restaurant, the Formosa uh, Cafe, which isn't there anymore. Um, but went into the Formosa Cafe, and right there behind the bar was Matt Mercer. Um, and uh, we got talking, and he went to Carolina, uh, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, which I did too. Okay. And he was in the theater program there, and and we just hit it off, and we got to be really good friends. And then we started working together, like probably like three, four years after that. So prior to making movies, did you guys do a lot of collaborations on writings and stuff. Uh, no, actually, I we I helped out on his set a couple times. Uh, okay. He had the feature, yeah. So so kind of did that, and then I uh, started talking with him about doing my own thing, which was play Violet for me, and uh, he's like, yeah, let's do it, and I was like, cool, let's do it, so we went out and we did it. Wonderful, and I think play Violet for me, was that your first movie that you guys did? Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. that was the very first movie we did. And, um, you know, how long did it take to get started on that one? How long did you like the writing process and everything? Uh, it took about, I guess three weeks, four weeks to write, maybe. Um, I had never written a short before, so it was kind of learning how to do that and everything. Um, but yeah, it took, took about that long to write, and then once once we decided to do it, you know, it was a low-cost film, so we just funded it and uh, went out and found the locations. I think from the time I started writing to the time it was, like, done in the can was probably, like, three, four months, That's something like that. But in, yeah, in that time period, I, I had to learn a lot of things, like how to how to get actors and how to like uh, get you know SAG and and get payroll set up and all these things I hadn't done before. Um, and yeah, so it was it was a big learning experience and a little a uh, little intimidating at times, but uh, we powered through and and ended up with the film. Uh, I guess kind of happy with the result. It looked mighty impressive. Oh no, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's, I, I remember where I was when we sent the first cut over to me, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I, I knew how it was going to look um, because yeah. I was there on set and watched the the photographer's amazing, and you know, so I, I got to see how it was going to look. Um, but then when he cut it all together, I was like, "Oh my god, that's really cool!" I'm very very proud of it, and I'm proud of the job he did, and and everybody on the cast and crew. Did you do anything with it, Jennifer? Were you part of the play? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I did a little bit of production design and costume design for that as well. And uh, she found the dress. Yeah. I yeah. Found well, the red dress. I have to say the dress <laughs> is the pivotal point of the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like its own little character there. You're trying to figure out, you know, who's actually wearing it and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when you guys were making the movie, did you always have it in mind that it was going to be kind of a black and white? Uh, that was a discussion when I first wrote the screenplay. I actually had it broken down into you know the the um, the past scenes were in color and the present were in black and white. Uh, and then I took it out. <laughs> um, I was I, I took it out like right before I sent it to to Matt and Patrick the photographer and all that. And then we were talking about it and and Patrick actually suggested it again. I was like, you know what? I had that idea and I, I decided not to do it, but now I think, I think it's really smart. Let's do it. Um, and then Matt did his shot list with the noir aspects in mind. Um, and then also kind of the colorful David Lynch, you know, uh, past or uh, a few present things. Right. I mean, past things. Um, he, he had that color palette in his head too. So it was, it was kind of a, a conversation that we had. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was pretty much, I wanted that noir feel, so it was yeah. going to have black and white photography in it. You know, and I, I've watched, I think I've watched it about 10 times, and I think, oh, wow. I, and I think, I think, I don't know if you intentionally did. It, it needs to be watched more than multiple times to understand it. Was that kind of your, that, that was going to happen? Did you consciously know yeah. that was going to kind of happen? No, I, I, absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've watched it uh, about, you know, 
probably close to 75, 80 times, maybe 100. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm really confused <laughs> by, by, by like who did it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I like that. I wanted that. I wanted uh, something that was kind of a, a mystery uh, for the viewer. I just think people kind of dig that sometimes. Do you, ha- do you think you, um, an, an idea, for, since it's a short film, do you have an idea that maybe you could expand it to a full feature? Interesting you bring that up, Nick. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, I, 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 came, I was working on an outline, um, I guess, about six months ago or okay. something. And it, w- it was sort of coming together, but uh, not so much. And then um, I, I wrote out the, the intro, intro sequence. And it's it's not classic noir. It's more of a neo-noir thing. Think right. like a, a Blood Simple meets Mulholland Drive kind of a kind of a deal. Yeah. Um, or more kind of like the, the early 90s movies that John Dahl did, uh, Red Rock West, The Kill Me Again, those kinds of movies that always fascinated me. So I, I went and, and did that outline and, and then I picked it up just like last week and looked at it again. I was like, wow, I, I did more work on that than I thought. And I had these cool scenes and, and I just started uh, working it together. So so yes, that's a long answer for a, a short question, but uh, You're right. well, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, that's it's interesting because um, uh, I, I, yeah, I know you guys do a lot of short films, but would you ever be? An int- I would. My next question would be interesting to do a full feature film, and it looks like you guys are interested in doing it. Absolutely, yeah, that would be that would be one um, that uh, I, I think it would be fun to do that. Just just because, like I said, I love those movies. I love uh, Blood Simple is one of my like probably top five films of all time. I just I just love it so much. So. Um, yeah, I, I I would love to. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, with uh, you know, with a play play Viola for me, Matt wrote and directed it. Um, and then did you you wrote Heartless? Am I correct? Uh, I wrote play Viola for me as well. Oh, you wrote play Viola. For me. I'm very sorry. So no, no, that's fine. It's like, <laughs> yeah, but uh, Matt directed and I wrote on play Viola for me, and then I wrote and directed Heartless. So uh, and I'm I've actually written my own comic book, and I love about the aspect of writing. So do you do outlines first? before you write or you just kind of pour it out and then kind of restructure it uh no it's it's well i, I think up scenes and then um yeah. I, I, I get an outline i definitely get an outline before i start writing um, okay absolutely um and uh but i think up scenes and i piece those together which is it, it's it's kind of a weird thing i just have like these i'll just write down little snippets like for for the the play about for me adaptation um it's all these little snippets yeah. and scenes, and, and they're like foreign pieces of paper that I just paper clip together in in a in an outline. Some people are really organized, and they do like note cards, or they do stickies on on a wall, or what you probably do with comic books. You know, yeah. uh, I, I've never taken to that. Uh, so mine's much more just like all these pieces of paper rearranged, and and uh, all these scenes that that I work together into a structure, and then I do the film based off of that. Do you bounce ideas off with Jennifer? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a- I just read the opening to her last night. Yeah. It's, it's kind of an odd life that we have because we're just having this nice dinner or whatever. It's like, you want to hear the beginning of the of the movie? <laughs> and, and she's like, Yeah, okay. And no. so let's go over to the computer. And I read it but it's weird. It's like I'm not the best actor in the world, and I was doing lines, and I don't know. It was, it was kind of funny. Yeah. I was like, Look, this is so. That's such a bizarre thing to do, but yeah, no. it's, it's actually really fun for me. I just get to hear the whole process from the inception of the idea yep. through completion of the project in the screenplay form. And I love movies. I love thinking about film critically. But when I'm doing that for him, I just listen. Yeah. And I just sit there, and it's so funny. Like sometimes he'll he'll be stuck on something, and I'll come home from work, and I'll be like, okay, hashed out, talk to me, and then he'll say it. And then he'll go, oh, this is how I fix it. I, all I did was just sit there and listen. <laughs> but somehow yeah. it works. Yeah, it'll, it'll sound like a crappy idea while I'm talking to her. And it's like, okay, we'll cut that. That's uh, all right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Do you guys um, ever do, like, I know because uh, you do short films, you have a sh- small amount of time, but do you, do you ever do storyboards for your movies? Uh, well, for Heartless, I, I did, okay. which... In, in addition to not being a very good actor, I'm I'm really a horrible artist. Uh, so so the the pictures the pictures were ridiculous. But okay. I was at least you know, and I'm not really sure how much my my DP on Heartless actually looked at those things. I gave him a general idea, 
but like the, the shots of, of Stacy were just like like a stick figure with just hair on it. So yeah, it was nowhere near the level that you see with a lot of these other movies. <laughs> so I just kind of gave a general idea of like the angles and the the way I, I wanted it to, to appear on screen. And then actually like like the beginning of Heartless was exactly how I storyboarded it. It's just Oh really? Okay. Just ridiculous, just ridiculous to look at, um, and then the the conversation between the girls in the house, that was how I storyboarded it. Uh, the outside wasn't because we we condensed quite a few shots to cover that, um, but yes, I do I do storyboards. And so I, I want to remind everybody that I would never show anyone. Yeah. You know. um, so um, I think Heartless is going to be, and I have a lot of friends here in mini, uh, Minnesota. Heartless is going to be premiere at a film festival here. Could you give, provide a little bit of information about that when people could be able to see it here, local uh, here in Minnesota? Yeah, it's the it's part of the uh, Hot Dog Horror Shorts Block, which is part of the Twin Cities Horror Film Festival. Okay, and I believe the dates are October 25th to November 4th. Uh, I'm not sure when we're uh, showing yet, um, but uh, if you follow us on Facebook or or uh, uh, Twitter or whatever, we'll we'll have the times and and everything like closer to the. The uh, the festival dates. Yeah, and it's also it's also on our website too. We have a page that's where to watch the with ticket links, so you can just click on there and get tickets. And um, with the (laughs) film Heartless, um, you have um, Stacy Schneider. You worked with her before, am I correct? Oh yeah, yeah. We um, Matt Mercer also directed a short film that we executive produced called Feeding Time. Um, and right back there on the wall. Yeah. Um, and and uh, Stacy, she came in for an audition for that. We um, we actually had an actress. The actress backed out, and it was like two weeks before shooting, just blind luck um, that she came in and, and read for feeding time. And, and I watched her on set, and she's just such a pro and such a great actress. Uh, I was, uh, she was in mind when I when I came up with the heartless idea. It was actually you know the okay. first scene I thought of was the. Uh, the young woman looking into the mirror, which was the yeah. first shot of the film, and it was Stacy the entire time. Like it's so, I wrote it with her in mind just because I, I I knew her I knew her range and I knew that she could go to the places that she eventually went to in the in the film. So, yeah, it was yeah I've, I've worked with her before and I will work with her again. She's a fantastic person, fantastic actress. Uh, it's been a it's been really cool. It's been really cool working with her. Um, with Heartless and um, there's a lot of of great costume i think it's fitting uh who did the costume for that film me (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was fun because uh you know um it obviously uh play pays homage to a lot of the films in the 80s like american psycho and wall street and uh kevin really wanted to put you on on shelby's side on stacy's side immediately just by the look that the guys were wearing um just to sort of help propel the story along that way and um it was fun going around and trying to find suspenders and ties that that looked a lot like uh the main characters in those movies and all those shirts that had to get bloody so she she handled wardrobe for it which i i I knew there's going to be a lot of blood um so i was like how many of these do we get because it's like how many things are we going to do um so i mean i think she had like six or eight yeah versions of each, of each outfit yeah. so okay. thank you h&m thank you h&m <laughs> and amazon prime, and amazon prime. <laughs> like, yeah thank yeah. you for your return policies <laughs> so uh, with heartless who did the makeup also uh, well, uh, the uh, the blood effects were Josh and Sarah Russell. Um, okay. They're, they're a, a married couple who just – they do independent horror films, and uh, they're just out yeah, of this world. They're amazing. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. And then we had Julie Curl yeah, Julie Curl and, and Emily Lowe. Emily Lowe, yeah. Or did the, just the regular makeup for the, uh, the film. So when you do, like, costume design, Jen, do you have – I'm sorry, like, what? Jen did some, too, on the guys. Yeah. For the, for the, yeah. <laughs> We were a little short staff, so I did the hairstyles for the guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just asked because uh, my previous episode, we had uh, a makeup artist, Nicole Fay, and she's done a lot of um, independent films. And it was fascinating aspect of short films how makeup artists are very, very important, even though they don't get talked about a lot. And it was fascinating to have her on, especially with costume and stuff. And you have to do think almost very creative and very quickly how to get things done. Yeah, I mean, it's it's right down to the the way um, I wanted the the hairstyles to be, and and with with Stacy, I, I wanted like uh, almost like just frazzle. It, it's kind of 
kind of put together. And that's how I described it to her. It was like, you know, she's had a long night. Um, she's here. She's trying to keep it together. And I want her hair to show that. And uh, and they just nailed that. And then I wanted um, Joanna for it to be just like really nicely done. And then for the guys, just the, the douchey uh, American yeah. psycho look. Yeah. <laughs> so where would you guys actually film Heartless? Uh, the house uh, is a friend of ours' house. Um, Brian Ricky and Melissa Vitello, um, they were associate producers on the film, and, and Mel was uh, um, assistant director. Okay. Um, but uh, we filmed at their house in Burbank, um, and then the office was in L.A. It's like a, a place that sells, you know, uh, bathroom parts. Yeah, sinks bathroom fixtures. Stuff. Yeah, bathroom fixtures, <laughs> not parts. Um, yeah, they just, it, it's a, just a really, really shiny office, and, and it's all these little sales offices, and they rent out that space. So how did you guys come to, uh, other than the house, how did you find, do you have like a scouting location? Did you guys had took field trips or whatever? Yeah, we, we looked at like, uh, I think three or four different uh, office locations, one of, which, <laughs> one of which was downtown, and it was yeah. not very cool and didn't fit the look. And I think it was like $25,000 for wow. like a day. And I, yeah. I guess they get studios coming in there using the space or whatever. I, I just when she said the price, I just laughed and I was like, I'm not going to waste any more of your time. Well, uh, I yeah. like, I, I, I'll see you later. But um, one of the producers on the film, Rachel Farrell, uh, found the uh, the office that we used on um, on Peer Space. It's a it's a website that you can go to and find uh, film locations. Wow, that, so, I mean that saves a lot of time than just you know the old fashioned way of just driving around looking for places and stuff. Like yeah, that. yeah, no doubt. Because we we actually we did a bit of driving because uh, there were a few locations that were outside of LA that, that we looked at or like right on the um, the border of LA. Um, but yeah, this one ended up being pretty close to the house and and uh, Mel and Brian's house is pretty close. So yeah, it was not a not a big problem with the locations. Nice, nice. And how long did it take to uh, film? How long did it was production? Uh, three days, one day in the house and two days in the office. Nice, nice. And when we work short films in a short amount of time, do you do a lot of retakes or you just go or? Well, luckily, uh, the the cast and crew are just pros. <laughs> They're just like I mean, a lot of I mean, a lot of Stacy stuff was two takes. I mean, she's a two take girl. Okay. Um, and it's like the final line, that's one take. Um, all the blood effects. Uh, there were a couple that we did several versions, but it was usually the first or second take that we used in the actual film. So, you know, luckily the blood effects people are just absolute stars and, and never had to do a retake because that didn't work. Um, and, it, yeah, I, w I was fortunate in that regard because we, we had to hustle. It was ten and a half pages we filmed in three days, seven blood effects. So it, was, it takes a while to get those things coordinated and going. So luckily, you know, we didn't really have to do a, a, a ton of takes. Did you do like um, so, a? Did you do a reading before the shooting, or did you have to get together and talk about the script and do like a reading before it? Yeah, we uh, we did a couple things. Uh, we we had a, a reading, and and it just took once. I was like, okay, <laughs> you guys have it. it, was just, it was like, they were that's good, right? And they and they loved it, and I was and they were like, you want to do this again? And I was like, no, I think I think that's good. I, I know exactly where we are, and and that's really cool. But um, we did the reading in um, Brian and Mel's house. So I did a, a walkthrough with a stunt coordinator of how we were going to do the stuff in the house um, because, you know, you don't want anybody to get hurt. You want everybody to feel safe because when they feel safe, they're going to do, you know, kick-ass performance. Um, so, you know, my, my friend Ross was there, and uh, he was he was making sure the girls were, were safe and could do their thing. And we went through the entire sequence of how we were going to do all the stuff that happened in the house. And then on the, the – I think it was like a week before we shot – uh, maybe four or five days before we shot, and they just came in. We did the house stuff first day, so they just came in, and, and man, Joanna just nailed that uh, <laughs> that escaping the house thing. I mean, it is, that was one take, both both shots, the shot when it happens and then the shot of her heading for the door, one take. Didn't have to redo any of that. That's nice, I and mean, it saves a lot of time. Did you guys just use one camera, or did you use more than one camera? Uh, yeah, just one camera. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, Mike Teston was... Uh, um, was the photographer just just one? Nice, nice. And uh, editing? Are you in the editing room when it's happening? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Um, but you know, I, I trust Matt, and he and I talked to him about how I wanted the the film to uh, to break down and and uh, how I wanted it to cut between uh, the 
you know, the, the scenes in the house and the scenes in the office. But I mean, he's he's an editing pro, so you know, I talked with him and and he had the script, so you know, I, I let him do his thing. He came back with the version, and then I sat down in the room with him and we we hashed out the finer details. And I think I did that twice. Okay. Um, yeah. Where where we get a cut and then we go back and then then we finally just smooth out a lot of the things because the transitions were were um, a little difficult and, and heartless. Um, and getting those represented on on screen was was a little tougher than I thought it was going to be. And but Max, he's an awesome editor, and he found some stuff to use, and and it turned out good. Yeah, it was really cool having him on set okay. because he was he was acting in it, but he was also going to edit it. So anytime we would come up against a, a question, then we could just be like, "Where's Matt? Where's Matt? Come, okay, how how is this going to be easiest for you to edit out this line on this table?" And so he's like, oh, you guys just saved me hours, hours of work. So it was really cool having him there the whole time so that uh, he could make his job easier later on. Yeah, I mean, Heartless is the first thing I've ever directed. So just having that, you know, voice, you know, right here, um, I'll be like, okay, can, can that cut with that? And he's like, oh, yeah. Or he's like, no, you're going to need to, you know, do it this way. So, you know, he was, he was there. He's a very valuable resource. Um, also played oh, in the film, so. <clears throat> yeah. So with making movies, do you have a certain kind of music? You know, music is an aspect of the film. Do you have a certain kind of idea when you're writing this about a music or a tone to use? Um, hmm. No, not not really. That that comes in uh, in in post. I listen to music sure. almost constantly while I'm writing, um, and I have actually playlists for different projects. So certain kinds of music I'll put on those playlists, and that's the kind of music I listen to. Um, but for the film itself, I, I rely on the composer. And, you know, we, like for a play Valo for me, uh, Mark Hadley did the uh, the score. And, uh, man, I, I love that score. I've listened to it just, you know, by itself, riding around in a car. I think it's great. But we gave him notes like um, Battle of Menti uh, from, uh, from David Lynch Films and uh, uh, Blood Simple was another sample Carter Burwell. Um, and then with, with Heartless, I mean, he Steve Moore did the score for that, and he's part of a band called Zombie, and he's done other films like The Guest and Mayhem and things like that, and and also Matt's Feeding Time, um, and he's always done kind of eighty synth stuff, not always, but yeah. he's primarily known for that, and and I wanted some synth in there, but but also wanted you know a variety of styles, so um, he he just went to work. I gave him the notes, and he just went to work, and and he came back with that score, and I was like, oh my god, um, but. One of the things the composer does is that he keys off of uh, the temp score. Yeah. So a lot of the the music was. I had a discussion with Matt um, about you know the kinds of things that I wanted in there, and then he found temporary pieces of music from films and other sources, put that in there in the first edits of the film, and then Steve kind of kind of keyed off of that and expanded that and took it in different directions, and then it's just a lot of conversations between me and Steve with let's do this here or can you do this here and what if you did this here but I mean Steve's first version was really really awesome so it wasn't it wasn't a ton of work but yeah we got it worked out so yeah it's but to answer your question is like not really before it's more of a post thing when you see the film that you have yeah um and you and you fit the music to the the scenes that you have I was just going to ask because I would when I was watching Heartless a couple times, uh, you get that punch, that song, right in the beginning. And I think that <laughs> sets the tone throughout the whole movie. And I wonder if that was kind of a little bit of inspiration or you discovered it afterwards. Uh, that, was, that was wild because um, that was one thing when I, when I was sitting in the, um, in the, in the uh, editing bay with, with Matt. Uh, we, we had like a bad brain song in there and I was kind of thinking like maybe maybe gangster rap or something and uh, we tried a couple things and we had the bad brain song attitude which kind of fit she's walking down the halls like you got that attitude you know <laughs> but it's a little it's a little poppy and my friend Jose he was also a producer on the film um, he sent me the Dillinger song and he was like well why don't you uh, why don't you start it up about 17 seconds in and see what you think and as soon as I heard that watch that smile I was just like oh yeah <laughs> oh, that's that's the one. That's the one. But it, it's it's wild. It's like people either love it or they hate it. It's a uh, you know it's a thing, and most people love it. And it's it's an homage to Funny Games, um, the the horror film, uh, Funny Games. Though actually the home invasion film, yeah. uh, Funny Games, uh, because it did the same thing. Got that couple riding along, and it's all peaceful. And you got the classical music, and then all of a sudden, just this death metal comes on. You're like, whoa! And it functions almost like a de uh, like a jump scare. The last time it was screened, uh, the volume was pretty loud. Oh, no. 
And, yeah, and the dude in front of me actually jumped like it was a jump scare when that song came in. I was like, yes, yes. But then the song really fits the film too, and and um, I just I called up the label and and talked to the guy who uh, you know reps reps the um, um, Dillinger uh, for that album, and he was like, yeah, yeah. I told him how I was going to use it, and and um, yeah, so and they were they were down to do it. I think, it, in my opinion, it fits very well because you have a person who's trying to act like she has it together, but then you p- cut into this big loud music and you get a sense that this is what's happening inside her. Yeah. And the outside, she looks like she has it together. And I thought that was so well choreographed that here's a person who's acting calm, but you're playing this music and you like, th- there's something very unsettling happening. It was wonderful. Yeah. Thank you, thank, thank you, Nick. You. I was like, I, I, that is exactly what I was going for. I was like, I need because when I was talking to Matt about, it, I was like, I need something to represent the darkness of her soul, and I need people to know that this is not a Disney film. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's a sweet girl. And she's looking in the mirror, but I kind of wanted to preface that it's like, all right, brace yourself. It's going to go some go some dark places. You know, so I, that that song, I was just really fortunate that the label um, uh, was okay with me using it in the film and. And uh, no, it, it just fits so great. I, I, I love it. It's just loud and thrashy. And the, the actual piece of music is like seven minutes long, and it is incredible. It's just like, ah, uh, it's incredible piece of music. Yeah, so. So uh, I have to ask, since I also written my own comic book, which is kind of a nowhere comic book, but um, are you always conscious of metaphors when you're writing, or you just kind of write it and it happens? Um, hmm. I. I I write to theme. Um, sure. I, I don't really do like symbolism and things like that a lot. I, I, I think I deal with kind of actual things in the uh, – so like there, there wasn't really a, a, a heart metaphor or anything like that. I don't know. I, I, I really haven't ever been asked that question. Like I'm fumbling with it a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't think so. I write to a certain theme um, and um, I guess I guess would play violet for me. The red dress would be some kind of some kind of metaphor or some kind of symbol of um, love and passion and fantasy and all those sort of things. Um, but yeah, it's mostly uh, I have a theme and something that I want to explore. Like like with uh, uh, Violet, it was obsession, and and probably uh, with with Heartless, it was obsession as well. Obsession with getting ahead and and the dark places that'll take you. Um, so I usually just kind of like, what are you trying to say with this? You know, with Violet, it's you know, obsession is a killer, and this, you know, um, don't and then Heartless is like, don't let don't let your obsessions uh, take over you because some dark stuff can happen. And then there was also an adaptation of Edgar Allan Poe's Telltale Heart, so I wanted to, you know, have a lot of blood and heart kind of things in there. So yeah. maybe, maybe I did a little bit. Yeah, I excellent think, question. Though. That's awesome. Yeah, I think I think definitely his writing lends a lot to motif. There's a lot of motif explored. Uh, like especially in Heartless, it's not just the heart, but the word heart is used in in unusual ways in the conversation. Um, and uh, yeah, there, there's all the heart imagery, of course, but then there's like the found objects that are used as weapons. So I feel like you your writing ha- has a strength in motif um, and, and Violet, the dress for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, just sort of the 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 gaze that the male gaze upon the female and that's a strong motif as well so i'm not not so sure that you actually use metaphors because you actually just put it out there yeah yeah Yeah, the male gaze was in heartless too so Mm -hmm. yeah maybe maybe i'm obsessed with that i don't know I mean, you know, I think with writing, I think people put too much emphasis on metaphors. And I think people concentrate a little too more and rather than providing a good story. And I think with Heartless, and that's the reason why I act with metaphor, I think it fits in without even consciously knowing about it. And there's certainly that somebody who probably doesn't have a heart, but she's obsessed with other people having a heart as well. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, true. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, she's got some issues. She's <laughs> uh, yeah. like, please, please treat me nice. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh-huh. I have to say, uh, with the Heartless thing, I think you did wonderful with the writing of certain amount of people. The phrase now is triggers. She definitely had a lot of triggers and tension build up with her. And I think you guys written that very well, that eventually it's just going to erupt. Something's going to catalyst it. And I think how you emphasize it was actually, in a short amount of time, was really, really creative and really well done. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, it's like... 
I needed something to, uh, as you said, trigger her to go back to memories that she doesn't want to remember. She's trying to bury these things, and so I, I needed these guys to be pretty arch to uh, to push her into those those dark places. So you know, I, I emphasize that. But trigger is an excellent word because you know it's it's kind of a dissociative thing that she has going on. So you know, and then then yeah, she got triggered and, and stuff happened. But uh, yeah, I did. I did focus on that just because I didn't want just random flashbacks. Just because those, you know, you gotta, you gotta have a narrative thread, and you gotta have, you gotta have it make sense. And it's like, you know, why would she flash back to these things if something didn't, as you like you said, uh, trigger her? So yeah, I did. That was definitely a focus on that. I was like, oh, right, is that strong enough? Is that strong enough? You know, to get her to go back to these these yeah. places. You know, so it was definitely an emphasis. Um, with the, the two movies, Play Viola for Me and Heartless, there's certain kind of uh, underwhelming tension of sex. Do you incorporate that? Is it kind of an aware of that kind of notion in the movies? Even though it's not projected, there is certain kind of a notion of sex involved with these two movies. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like I, I, I've only written like one love scene in, in like the entirety of my writing career. <laughs> like, you know, but I've had a lot of stuff about um, sexual tension. Uh, there's yeah. tension. Uh, definitely in Violet. That, that's that's all that thing is about, um, you know. And then with with Heartless, it's uh, the the attraction between Shelby and Claire that that leads to um, you know a, a lack of affirmation that leads yeah. to to happen. And then and then the objectification of her in the boardroom. Um, but yeah, there's like this. I, I do like dealing with an undercurrent because I think there's an undercurrent in the majority of our you know dealings with with each other out in out in the world there's always that thing and you know maybe even like the when harry met sally is like can you know can guys and girls be, be friends and you know <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah but uh yeah i just think it's it's always fun to to write because if, if you have that tension underneath and you have an extra thing for the actor to act off of and with heartless i had it way more in there and i just had to cut it because i knew i only had you know three days to shoot it and right yeah. Didn't have to do a fourth day, and but I I I was really going all out with the obsession that uh, that Stacy had for uh, for uh, Joe, um, but it's just something that you know if I were to do a feature, it would definitely definitely be in there because uh, it's an important part of it that I just really you know wasn't able to explore fully outside of the the matching outfits and and things like that. <laughs> yeah, you guys, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but uh, no, that's a that's a great question. Um, but yeah, I just. I, once again, I like um, undercurrents more than just overt um, Right, right. And then the nice thing about your shorts is you have very little exposition. I think that's everybody kind of appreciates. There's kind of no really kind of a narration. You have a lot of dialogue. So my question is, without exposition, are you comfortable writing dialogue? Is something that you think is your strong suit? I've, I've gotten better at it. it hasn't, <laughs> I've, uh, I've read some scripts that I wrote like like four or five years ago and I'm like oh man oh that's what they call on the nose is like just when you're just explaining what's happening or whatever but yeah. writing short films has actually really helped out with my feature dialogue um, that kind of came true with the feature that I just finished writing I was like well okay that dialogue's better you know I'm still not a Aaron Sorkin or, or these guys that just their dialogue is just incredible yeah. um, you know I, I, I do like stylized dialogue um, and kind of over the top dialogue at, at times especially in shorts um, with with play Violet for me, that was very much influenced by just noir lines, and so I remember just going on a website that had all these great noir lines, and I, and I just kind of looked at that and and came up with um, a lot of the banter that happens between um, between Najara and Matt at the at the beginning of the film to kind of set that mood. Um, so the styles in the two films are very different, but um, you know I, I I think I think my dialogue's good. You know, I would love for it to get better because it, it's 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 so much more fun when you're like when you're in a reading and the actors, you can feel their energy. Um, and, and that that's much better when if you don't have a just a bad line. And actually in Heartless, I remember I had a line that I just I couldn't get it down. I just it just was like, eh, eh. And, and I thought it up like a couple of days before shooting. And the same thing happened with Play Violet for me. It's like in my opinion the best line in it uh and it came just a couple of days before and it was really every time i've watched that movie yeah when the good line is said um it's the um the one uh when she's looking at herself in the mirror or in her compact I'm somebody uh, else 
Yeah. Has to play the fool. Yeah, somebody yeah. else. Yeah. yeah. You can only play the fool so long. That was thought up just like two days before, and the the line that was in there before was just awful. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, comparatively speaking, it was just, it was just awful. So you know, uh, it's it's something that I'm focusing on and, and trying to get better at it. Uh, but you know, I, I, man's got to know his limitations, as Clint Eastwood said, and and yeah. I'm not terrible, you know, I'm not that, but you know, I, I can I can get by, I can do all right with it. When you watch other movies, what's the first thing that comes to you? Is it the the shooting, the writing, the acting? What's the kind of the you know with doing other movies? What's kind of the first thing you notice right away? Well, well, now that I've directed, it's how it looks and everything. Okay. It's just, uh, you know, I was just um, I was uh, working on um, the uh, Violet adaptation last night, and for whatever reason, um, No Country for Old Men came into my head, and I was just like, let's just, just check out the beginning of that movie again. And oh man, it's gorgeous. It's just gorgeous. So right. when a was done like that the look of it and how it just brings you into that world it is just it's it's important to me now because it's like if i move into uh um directing features just creating that world and getting everybody's head in that world and how do you do it and uh so that's that's what i look at more than more than say dialogue now um but uh yeah it's just the overall look of it and, and the characters and and that but I'd, yeah, I'd say look is the biggest one. Right, and so now when we're watching things, yeah. he'll pause. He'll pause things, and he'll go, "Oh wait, wait, look, look how they, look how the up angle is here, and look how they did the blocking." And and so we'll have to watch it three or four times. I'm like, okay, let, let's watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did it with Ozark last night. It's like I think that I think Ozark is the most spectacular TV series I've seen in a long time. And um, yeah, I, I stopped it and rewound. Like it was the episode before the last one we watched. I stopped it, rewound it. I was like, oh, my God, look how they covered that. Oh, that is so incredible. But production designer Jen was – I was like, oh, look at the pictures in the background. And that's – I was like, yeah, look at the framing right there. But, yeah, yeah so I'm kind of nerdy about that kind of stuff now. Yeah. Not, don't get too obsessive, right? <laughs> I don't, I don't really. Next thing you know, I'm in a bar with a Zippo drinking bourbon. <laughs> So we have a couple minutes left, and I, I guess you have some uh, upcoming projects. Do you want to talk about those uh, coming up in the future? Uh, or yeah, can I just, you? Can you? Can you talk? Uh, I, I just talked to a friend, and, and he may be writing a, a, a little thing for me uh, to to maybe produce, and that would be a project that we could hopefully get off the ground. Uh, just finished a feature and got a budget done on that and a meeting with a guy in a couple of weeks to talk about that, see, see what can be done with that. I got a uh, have a spec script that was optioned by a company, and they're looking at the packaging of that. See if we can get that put together and get financing. So it, it's kind of a, a, a daily thing, back and forth, and, and also trying to write, <laughs> yeah. like uh, get, get more projects to because the more projects you have, the more opportunities you have, and the more opportunities you have, you know, uh, right. better things can go. So yeah, I've, I've, I'm working on a, a few different things and, and a couple couple scripts at the moment. With uh, with your um, movie Heartless and Play Violently, you explored uh, horror and noir. Do you want to keep with those genres, or are you interested in going other other genres as well? Uh, the ideas right now are are uh, horror. The the spec that um, they got option that's a sci-fi, and that's where I started out before I started doing uh, short films and everything. But it was kind of a noir sci-fi. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, it, I think noir just keeps on showing up in my sure. stuff and like like doing the. The, the Violet adaptation is, is that neo noir, which is one of my favorite genres. Um, so yeah, I, I'll, I'll stick around with this. I believe it's just kind of what draws me, um, at least for now. Do you ever have a sense of comedy when you write, or you just kind of let it happen? It, it's happened more. Um, used to my, my writing was was very serious, um, but I'm, I'm throwing it in there just because of the the the. Um, calming of like yeah. it, it keeps the things from being too heavy and too dark because yeah. i mean without comedy and heartless that's a whew, that's a that's a bloody that's dark a dark comedy movie. right yeah it's <laughs> yeah, a dark yes. movie so yeah. you know I, I emphasize the comedy in that just to have a relief for the for the audience and uh, and to help them kind of understand you know where i was going with it um but yeah I, I i don't do straight comedies i tried um like probably seven eight scripts ago i tried to write just a straight comedy and no it was not good <laughs> yeah it was not good. but I, i'm fully okay with saying that that's that's not a strength of mine um but i try to throw little little comedic lines in there um yeah so that's the best advice the best advice i ever gotten because i i did a, my noir script and i gave it to my friend a writer uh, Lucas Munson, he's a comic book writer, and he wrote and he, he read it and he's like, it's not funny. I go, it's not supposed to be funny. He goes, no, there's nothing <laughs> in it that's funny that keeps you, 
you know, have the um, entertain the whole emotional spectrum. You have, to, even though it's a horror movie, you have to have a little bit of something to get a chuckle out of it. And I think yeah. you put it in definitely in Heartless, and there's little dashes in Play Violet for me as well. Yeah. 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 When uh, when JP gets smacked, I always laugh at that. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a wonderful cut. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, she really slapped him too. Uh, she, oh my. She was trying to fake slap him, and uh, it just wasn't it just wasn't working. To JP, he's just like, just go ahead and do it. Just go ahead and do it. I don't care. Just say, yeah, let's roll. Yeah. yeah, I think he got smacked about eleven times. That yeah, we, I wish we had like B roll of, of him just getting. <laughs> <laughs> But no, yeah, and, and then right after Najara did it, she's such a sweet person. She's like, oh my, the first time, she's like, oh my God, oh my God are you okay? Yeah, no, I'm not doing it. Yeah, so anyway, yeah, that, that's that's the that's the funny part of that one. So I, I have a, I'm sorry, we kind of wrapped up for time here because I'm a little restricted on time and stuff like that. And I have to, before we go, I have to say thank you guys for coming on. This was a wonderful treat to have you on. Thank you. Oh, no, this is great, man. Thank I can, you for I can do this us. a couple more hours. I know, this is great. Man, this is awesome. I don't know. Yeah, definitely we have to go you know, as soon as they move, you know, come back on. And I, I definitely have to look for the film Heartless in the film festival coming here at the Twin Cities Horror Fest. So we definitely awesome. have to give a look at that. Um, guys, you ever think about coming to Minnesota? Uh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, just you got to come in the summer. You don't want to come in the winter. Right? Yeah, we, I yeah, Actually, we, we lived in Michigan for about three years, and uh, the people who were living uh, in Michigan, too, doing residency with me, they there's one girl that was from Minnesota, and she just laughed at, like, we were so cold all the time. She's like, whatever, you guys don't need engine block heaters. Like, yeah, so Yeah, she was we smack-talking us a little bit. Like, we were aware. Like, like, suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> this, this, this ain't cold. Winters oh, no. are rough. <laughs> yeah, summertime. Yeah. Sounds good. So we have a, a little contest. Our podcast is doing a podcast with in coordination with Crypticon. It's our horror uh, fest at Minnesota. It's October 27th through the 30th, and we're having a contest. But I was just curious to ask you because the participants have to submit their best, their favorite horror movies. And just keeping in line and, and a little fun, would you like to just answer the question what is, for Crypticon? What is your favorite horror movies? Sure. Yeah, my, mine's The Shining. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, The Shining. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Oh, mine's The Descent, hands down. Um, is that great? Is that great? Uh, that that mm -hmm. movie just, I mean, I'm a little claustrophobic anyway, so yeah. just watching that just creeps mm -hmm. me out. I think the story is magnificent, and, and uh, yeah, it's far and away my, my favorite film mm -hmm. of, of, of the horror genre. So check out The Descent. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I have to say in the last, what it was, it been like 12 years ago, it's still probably the one of the top five. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's 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 really nice. wonderful, and yeah, it, it's so well done, and it has two different endings too. When you get it on DVD, is like it's got the uh, it's got the other ending. So the, there's one that's really dark, and then there's the one that I think they use in the theatrical release. Yeah. Um, but I think the one that's really dark is just perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Fun. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's a wonderful film. I love it. And with The Shining, I think when I saw it as an t on TV as a kid, I think. Those two girls in the hallway scared the crap out of me. I mean, the actress, she, I thought it was funny. She's throwing up in a, you know, but the two girls not doing anything. And that, how, I don't know how he did it to make that scary to me, but it was always scary to me as a kid to see those two girls in the hallway holding hands. Super creepy. <laughs> the kids were creepy. Yeah. So, my last question for you guys, and it's always, I think it might be a little bit obvious. I always ask my guests, outside of horror, what is your favorite movie? Hmm. Oh man! Oh well, There's I mean, so many mine is Aliens. Really, yeah, Aliens, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, there's horror in that, but it's more yeah. sci-fi thing. So game over. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many great quotes from that one. Yeah, she. Yeah, she has to tell me to shut up when we're watching that because I say all the lines <laughs> along with. Yeah, I've seen yeah. it probably. 20, 25 times yeah. at least. I watched it a lot in college, mm -hmm. and that was our thing. We would mm -hmm. we would like get drunk and watch it and just say the lines back to each other. And, yes. <laughs> but uh, God, my favorite film of all time, the one that's uh, coming to coming to my mind is, is The Fisher King. Uh, mm -hmm. I absolutely love that film. Yeah. Oh, with Robert uh, Williams and Jeff Bridges. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's one that that always pops into my head. But yeah, I just need to do an official top five list. Because I just I never think about that question, then I get asked that question. Right, right. 
it, it used to be Pulp Fiction, um, but but not so much anymore. I, I still think that's a, an amazing film. But uh, yeah, Fisher King's just the, the oh man, it's, it's so good. Well, we, your, we'll have to have you come on, and we'll have to just talk about our favorite movies sometime. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to awesome. say, what's your favorite movie? My favorite movie, Maltese Falcon. Oh, oh, I love that one too. Well, then, then oh, there you go. That was yeah, that was one of the um, yeah, one of the things so to play good. Violet for me. That was one really, of the really, so, really. You'd like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or at least the the way it was shot and the way it felt um, was was one of the things. Which you know, I I watched a lot of um, when I first started getting into movies and watching movies. Uh, yeah. I, I went to the library and they were free. So I didn't have a lot of money. So I was like, free rentals? Are you kidding me? And <laughs> yeah. so I watched like you know, watched you know Casablanca and and um, uh, Key Largo and and all these kind of romantic you know noir film, uh, black and white films. And then Maltese Falcon was one of them. So that's a that's a great choice. Yeah, that's a great. Choice. I just my my favorite is my favorite line in all time movies is from the Maltese Falcon when she's like, you have a smooth answer for everything. And then he's, his reply was. What do you want me to do? Learn to stutter? <laughs> <laughs> I know these old noir lines are so good. Yeah, I know. It's I know. Great dialogue. Oh yeah. man, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's really fun. <laughs> well, thanks again, guys, for coming on. I really, really had a lot of fun. We definitely have to do this again, even if it's just to come on and talk about movies. Oh, All right. that'd be fun. tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll skip work and go back. To <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, just yeah. Well, for me, it is work talking about movies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Thank yes, you. Yes, thank you, Nick. My daddy's plastic on the